It's July 7th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. As always, we'll jump in with our Old Testament reading, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 5 through chapter 5, verse 17. Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives named Hela and Nara. Nara gave birth to Azazam, Hepmer, Timonai, and Hashatari. Hela gave birth to Zareth, Izrar, Ethan, and Koz who became the ancestor of Enub, Zobeb, and all the families of Ahriel, son of Harmon. There was a man named Jabez, who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do, and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Caleb, son, the brother of Shenabub, was the father of Mira. Mira was the father of Eshton. Eshton was the father of Beth Raspa, Pesah, and Tinah. Tinah was the father of Irenashan. These were the descendants of Rekah. The sons of Kinza were Othaniel and Saria. Othaniel's sons were Henath and Mehenathiah. Mehenathiah was the father of Ophrah. Sariah was the father of Joab, the founder of the Valley of Craftsmen, so called because they were craftsmen. The sons of Caleb, son of Jephni, were Iru, Elah, and Nahum. The son of Elah was Kenes. The sons of Jehelah was Ziph, Ziphah, Terah, and Asherel. The sons of Ezra were Jether, Mered, Ephor, and Jalen. One of Mered's wives became the mother of Miriam, Shemini, and Ishbah, the father of Eshmetiah. He married a woman from Judah, who became the mother of Jared, the father of Gurid, Hebner, the father of Soko and Jekiel, the father of Zehaniah. Mered also married Bithna, a daughter of Pharaoh, and she bore him children. Hedinia's wife was the sister of Nahum. One of her sons was the father of Kelah, the Garmanite. Another was the father of Esmanai, the Maconite. The sons of Shemanai were Amnon, Rena, Ben-Hanan, and Telon. The descendants of Ishi were Zoheth and Ben-Zoheth. Sheldonai was one of Judah's sons. The descendants of Shelah were Ur, the father of Leka, Ladiah, the father of Meshurah, the families of linen workers at Beth Ashabeh, Jochim, the men of Kozabai, and Joash and Sarfath, who ruled over Moab and Jeshbai Elah. These names all come from ancient records. They were the pottery makers who lived in Netim and Gedarabah. They lived there and worked there for the king. The sons of Simeon were Jemul, Jamin, Jereb, Zoharah, and Sheol. The descendants of Sheol were Shalom, Mibsam, and Mishnah. The descendants of Mishma were Hamil, Zakur, and Shimi. Shimi had 16 sons and 6 daughters, but none of his brothers had large families, so Simeon's tribe never grew as large as the tribe of Judah. They lived in Beersheba, Moladiah, Haziarshiel, Bilazai, Ezema, Tolad, Bethuel, Hormon, Ziklag, Bethmechamoth, Hezemasuzim, Bethmerbi, and Sharon. These towns were under the control until the time of King David. Their descendants also lived in Edom, Anan, Rimen, Token, Ashen, five towns, and the surrounding villages as far away as Baalath. This was their territory, and these names are listed in their genealogical records. Other descendants of Simeon included Mesohabeb, Jemelech, Joshes, son of Amaziah, Joel, Jehu, son of Jehoshabiah, son of Sariah, son of Ajiel, Eliana, Jekenebah, Jeshobiah, Asiah, Adiel, Jezmel, Benaniah, and Ziziah, son of Shiphi, son of Elon, son of Judah, son of Shimri, son of Shemaniah. 
These were the names of some of the leaders of Semenaya's wealthy clans. Their families grew, and they traveled to the region of Gerizera, in the east part of the valley, seeking the pasture lands for their flocks. They found lush pastures there, and the land was spacious, quiet, and peaceful. Some of Ham's descendants had been living in that region, but during the reign of King Hezekiah of Judah, these leaders of Simeon invaded the region and completely destroyed the homes of the descendants of Ham and of the Minyanites. No trace of them remains today. They killed everyone who lived there and took the land for themselves because they wanted its good pasture lands for their flocks. 500 of these invaders from the tribe of Simeon went to Mount Seir, led by Platiah, Neriah, Rephatiah, and Uziel, all sons of Ishi. They destroyed the few Amalekites who had survived, and they have lived there ever since. That concludes chapter 4, moving on to chapter 5, verse 1. The oldest son of Israel was Reuben, but since he dishonored his father by sleeping with one of his father's concubines, his birthright was given to the sons of his brother Joseph. For this reason, Reuben is not listed in the genealogical records as the firstborn son. The descendants of Judah had become the most powerful tribe and provided a ruler for the nation, but the birthright belonged to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, the oldest son of Israel, were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Kamri. The descendants of Joel, of Joel, excuse me, were Shemaiah, Gog, Shemaiah, Micah, Rahel, Baal, and Beriah. Beriah was the leader of the Reubenites when they were taken into captivity by King Tiger Pethuziar of Assyria. Beriah's relatives are listed in the genealogical records by their clans: Jeul, the leader. Zechariah and Baliah, son of Azaz, son of Shimi, son of Jul. The Rumanites lived in that area that stretches from Aor to Nebo and Baal Minon. And since they had so many livestock in the land of Gilead, they spread east toward the edge of the desert that stretches to the Euphrates River. During the reign of Saul, the Rubenites defeated the Hagarites in battle. Then they moved into the Hagarite settlements all along the eastern edge of Gilead. Next, the Reubenites, the de- next to the Reubenites, the descendants of Gad lived in the land of Bashan, as far east as Selica. Joel was the leader in the land of Bashan, and Shaphan was second in command, followed by Janiah and Shaphat. Their relatives, the leaders of the seven other clans, were Michael, Meshulam, Shebi, Jeriah, Jachin, Zia, and Ebner. These were all descendants of Abaliah, son of Huriah, son of Jeriah, son of Gilead son of Michael, son of Jeshiah, son of Jehado, son of Buzz. Ahiah, son of Abiel, son of Guni, was the leader of their clans. The Gadites lived in the land of Gilead, in Bashan, and its villages, and throughout all the pasture lands of Sharon. All of these were listed in the genealogical records during the days of King Jotham of Judah and King Jeroboam of Israel. That concludes the Old Testament reading. Moving on to the New Testament today, we will be in Acts chapter 25. Acts chapter 25, verse 1. Three days after Festus arrived in Caesarea to take over his new responsibilities, he left for Jerusalem, where the leading priests and other Jewish leaders met with him and made their accusations against Paul. They asked Festus as a favor to transfer Paul to Jerusalem, planning to ambush and kill him on the way. But Festus replied that Paul was at Caesarea and he himself would be returning there soon. So he said, those of you in authority can return with me. If Paul has done anything wrong, you can make your accusations. About eight or ten days later, Festus returned to Caesarea, and on the following day he took his seat in court in order that Paul be brought in. When Paul arrived, the Jewish leaders from Jerusalem gathered around and made many serious accusations they couldn't prove. Paul denied the charges. I am not guilty of any crime against the Jewish laws or the temple or the Roman government, he said. Then Festus, wanting to please the Jews, asked him, 
Are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there? But Paul replied, No, this is the official Roman court, so I ought to be tried here. You know very well I am not guilty of harming the Jews. If I have done something worthy of death, I don't refuse to die. But if I am innocent, no one has a right to turn me over to these men to kill me. I appeal to Caesar. Festus conferred with his advisors and then replied, Very well, you have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa arrived with his sisters, his sister Bernice, to pay their respects to Festus. During their stay of several days, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. There is a prisoner here, he told him, whose case was left for me by Felix. When I was in Jerusalem, the leading priests and Jewish elders pressed charges against him and asked me to condemn him. I pointed out to them that the Roman law does not convict people without a trial. They must be given an opportunity to confront their accusers and defend themselves. When his accusers came here for trial, I didn't delay. I called the case the very next day and ordered Paul be brought in. But the accusations made against him weren't any of any of the crimes I expected. Instead, it was something about their religion and a dead man named Jesus, who Paul insists is alive. I was at a loss to know how to investigate these things, so I asked him whether he would be willing to stand trial on these charges in Jerusalem, but Paul appealed to have his case decided by the emperor, so I ordered that he be held in custody until I could arrange to send him to Caesar. I'd like to hear the man myself, Agrippa said, and Festus replied, you will, tomorrow. So the next day, Agrippa and Bernice arrived at the auditorium with great pomp, accompanied by military officers and prominent men of the city. Festus ordered that Paul be brought in. Then Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are here, this is the man who death is demanded by all the Jews, both here and in Jerusalem. But in my opinion, he has done nothing deserving death. However, since he appealed his case to the emperor, I have decided to send him to Rome. But what shall I write the emperor? For there is no clear charge against him. So... I have brought him before all of you, and especially you, King Agrippa, so that after we examine him, I might have something to write. For it makes no sense to send a prisoner to the emperor without specifying the charges against him. That concludes the New Testament reading, moving on to our Proverbs of the day. Proverbs 18, verse 19. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Finally, we'll be reading Psalm 5 in a posture of prayer. This is the fifth psalm. For the choir director, a psalm of David to be accompanied by the flute. O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my requests to you and wait expectantly. O God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore the proud may not stand in your presence, for you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with the deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is foul, like stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your perfection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. And Lord, as I come before you in prayer, I can't help but look at verse 7. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. Lord, and um, I am so grateful that through Jesus, through his blood, 
through his righteous life, atoning death, and imputing that righteousness to me, Lord, I am now justified, made right to be able to stand in your presence. On my own, as a sinner, I'm separated from you, but because of what Jesus has done, I can now draw near. And not only that, Lord, but verse 8, the prayer is, lead me in the right path, O Lord, uh, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. And Lord, on that, there's more good news, because Jesus came, and he didn't just show me that he was God in flesh, he showed me what it means to be human. And I can follow in his path. I can follow in his way. And you've made it clear through him and through your word. Lord, give me the courage and the wisdom to be able to see your path so that I can follow it. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, which has given me the power to actually follow that path. Lord, it is in your name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this reading because this is the podcast where we are reading through the Bible together.